What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here, and today's episode of The Truth In His Art is sponsored by a new online art platform called Fire and Bliss Creative. Fire and Bliss is the first art platform that I've seen that focuses on the art of the LGBTQ plus BIPOC and ally artists exclusively. And I have to say, the pieces are amazing. Whether you're looking specifically to add diverse art to your collection, or you have a space that needs a bit of updating, every single print on fireandbliss.com has been created by a diverse, independent artist who maintains full control over their art and their profit. I worked with Fire and Bliss to curate a collection of my favorite pieces, like Somewhere Blue by Wodrich Francois. Shop my favorites at fireandbliss.com backslash truth and get 20% off your first purchase at Fire and Bliss. Again, that's fireandbliss.com backslash truth and use the code truth for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Truth in His Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of chatting with an open format DJ, producer, explorer. I'm going to use spelunking. Please <laughs> welcome DJ Sun. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. What's good? Everything. Everything is good. There is Beautiful. no problems in the world. Everything is fine. <laughs> I'm just trying to be out. I'm going to manifest goodness. For everybody. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Love it. So, uh, I, I feel like I'm doing more of this because I'm out there in the city being around folks that I'm seeing people and it, it breaks my it breaks my rule. Usually I like to do interviews without seeing anybody do their thing, but I've mm. seen you do your thing. And uh my girl was like, he's a really good DJ. And I was like, nah, screw it. I'm interviewing him. <laughs> I can't have that be a title for him. Um until but yeah, you're you're dope, man. I and appreciate that. Absolutely. So I did a job of describing who you are, and basically it's a copy and paste, but could you introduce yourself and give us those vital stats, and when did you get started? Yeah, um, so I'm DJ Sun, uh, and that's a play on words. My name is Jason, so if you cover the D in DJ Sun, it's actually just Jason. So some people never realize that. Some I have some very close friends and family who call me at like 4 a.m. years after they find out my name, and they're like, "I figured it out." So that's I'm tight about that now. You know, that's a that's a uh, fun fact that you, yeah, whatever. But, I'm not uh, happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've always been involved in music. I went to Baltimore School for the Arts. Um, was in their classical music program, and around that time. I picked up DJing very casually, just, you know, um, I was always the one making playlists and stuff, and I think at some point everybody was just like, oh, we're throwing parties now, why doesn't Jason get on the ox and just start to, whatever. Um, had a friend who, and this is like the most new school intro to DJing story ever, but he, the first, like, first time I interacted with DJing, he had the, the first iPod Touch had come out, right? And they had this <laughs> DJ app on there. Yeah. So he showed me this DJ app, and I was just blown away. You could, like, mix between the, the songs in your library, the most elementary setup mm -hmm. ever, you know. And, um, you know, my whole childhood, I was really uh, big on 90s hip-hop and, um, in general, like, DJ Premier, Jay Dilla, like, a lot of the production that comes from turntables, you yeah. know. So when I started to piece together that these sounds that made some of my favorite beats were made on turntables all of a sudden like even though i was experiencing it through the ipod i was like okay one day <laughs> one day i'm gonna get some turntables and really learn to scratch and like do all that stuff and it wasn't it was like probably almost 10 years from yeah. that moment before i got my first uh, set of turntables but so you know that was like 
very early, like probably the summer before high school, where yeah. I started just messing around. And then through high school, I was just casually doing parties and then ended up going to school in Philadelphia. And that was the first time that I like, you know, I saw, you know, Philly is, is one of the DJ meccas of the world. Some of the best DJs come from there. And yeah. just being in that environment and getting to see people, you know, hustling art. And, and really like making full-time DJing look like something that was obtainable and, and real. It was the first time I took it seriously and started like, you know, consider making that a career path for myself. But, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been over 10 years that I've been spinning, but uh, I've been doing it professionally just over five maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're one of the, the popular ones or what have you. Um, so you, you talked about, I would imagine Lil Pete Rock is in there, maybe. Of course. Okay. Just making sure. Of Just course. making sure. Uh, so that that type of stuff, that gritty, that imperfection is what kind of yeah. was, was an influence for you. Um, what are some of those other influences that they might not be musically inclined that are mm. baked into who you are as a creative? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's always it's always hard to formulate this into like a eloquent thought, but. Oh, we we can keep it raw. I mean, yeah, but you know, just being from Baltimore, um, I think there's a lot of things that I got to see and experience, just centered around community in general. Yeah, you know, from the block parties and the cookouts to, you know, it's a relatively small city, so there's a lot of um, just overlaps in, in the bubbles that you know in, in other cities you got pockets and, and pockets of culture that don't even know that these other pockets exist and in and, and Baltimore we don't really have that everything's kind of like on top of each other in a way and um, it's concentrated that, that creative equity is pretty yeah, concentrated and here. it's partially out of necessity you know in this city you know um, people have to have that space where they can feel um, like they can do their thing and express themselves whether it's dance or art or poetry or cooking or whatever it is so um just the idea of, of, of bringing people together and, like, you know, people talk about art versus craft. Yeah. And then I think about functional art, you know. And um, in a lot of ways, I think that the role of the DJ, of the hip-hop practitioner, of um, this kind of middle figure in, in the music industry between, like, dead between the listeners and the creators. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a... And this is an old school mentality, but it's an obligation to bring people together. So that's a huge inspiration to me, just getting, you know, connecting dots culturally and bringing people together. And, you know, it's down to the rhythm. You know, when you talk about club music, you know, you play some club music and then you slide into juke, which is the same BPM, same speed. But all of a sudden we're in Chicago now, but it's the same (laughs) culture. It's it's cousins. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like music just has that power. So I think. Yeah, just community forward. Yeah, and I, I think terminology has to shift a little bit too. You know, like when people talk about curators, I think we've both used that for, as one of the many things that we do. Curating is a, is mm-hmm. a part of the things that that we do, and, and, and in different respects. But audio is a piece of it, right? And uh, and I think the other thing is like out of necessity, as you were describing, like we're very DIY here, mm-hmm. but I think, you know how some people use, oh, multi-hyphenate, and it's like, I think most of the people here creating stuff are multi-hyphenate. True. That's just what that is. It's like, oh yeah, I, I do this. So yeah. in that, it takes me to a question I had a little further down, but I wanna get your, your take on this. Based on some of those traits, right, that are prominent, how do you distinguish an artist from a hobbyist? Mm. 
Because there's a lot of people like, yeah, I mess with it. And it might just be in their own head that they're not taking it seriously. You know, I wouldn't even put those two words together, artist and hobbyist. Okay. You know, I think that there's a difference between a professional and a hobbyist. Got it. But, you know, and, and I'm thinking about even science. You know, I was looking at something the other day. And the fact is, as controversial as it is, Darwin was an amateur. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't peer-reviewed. He didn't have the same degrees that everybody else in science had at the time. But his notebooks that he was just doing on his own time that would have been looked at as a hobby thing back then changed the way everybody interacted mm-hmm. with science and you know, evolution. True. You True. know, yeah. So I think some of the best artists never see the light of day, never get paid for the work, never... I think, you know, it's weird. I think the best artists are hobbyists, mm-hmm. you know, you can be really good at something and be like, okay, I could make money off this, but I really hate the process. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I don't see that situation going as far creatively. Um, just, you know, and, and that's solely based on practice. Like I know that if I lock myself in a room with some turntables, you won't see me for a week. <laughs> and I will think that it's been a couple hours. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That's because I really just love the process of practicing. Yeah. And I think that that's... Um, a, a trade of a hobbyist mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i've taken it and made it into a profession but yeah i think that uh it's the number of hours you're putting in like uh you know process into practice that's that's a thing and uh, as you, you can see the output that comes out like he was like oh no you're definitely this is what you do word yeah <laughs> and and i think that what it is is like if you if you like it it doesn't feel like work and then you can practice all, I have a friend, and this is an analogy I really like. Uh, my friend Jack, who goes by Good Boy, who's one of the uh, my favorite producers in in Baltimore mm-hmm. by far. And he, um, this man has been making beats since he was like six years old, like wow. legitimately. And um, he's got some of the most like his practice discipline is off the charts. Uh, we used to live together, and he would make a you know he would make a minimum of three beats every day wow um you know we would come home from a party it'd be 3 a.m smoke that last blunt of the night <laughs> falling asleep and through the wall i hear 808s like getting tuned <laughs> and him making some something in the next morning i'm like yo what did you make and he's like i don't even remember making anything last night. <laughs> but he had that discipline and, and i asked him about it one time and he just said when you are a producer when you're making beats you know and it's similar for djing when you're practicing we have a luxury that other artists don't. We don't have to pay for um, resources. You don't have to buy another canvas. You don't have to, you know, once you have that software, obviously, you know, the entry price is expensive. You got to have a computer. You got to yes. have a couple things. But once you have that, there's nothing stopping you. And Kanye talks about it. Three beats a day for three summers, you know, yeah. or 10 beats a day for three summers is what yeah. he did. We can accelerate our fail process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you can accelerate your fail process, if one in every 10 beats is fire and the rest are trash, Make 30 beats in one day. That means you got three really good sellable beats in that one day where <laughs> yeah. the painter next to you got to wait till the store opens the next morning. Cause gotta they, wait for this know. to dry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's like a, a, a not an obligation, but there's a opportunity there yeah. to kind of, um, yeah, just, just fail as much as possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is something that should be embraced in a creative sense, I think. So, let's see. Um, let's talk about philosophy a little bit. Uh, when it comes to performing, like, 
what do you want people to take away from a set when they see, like, when they hear, hear and see uh, DJ Sun do DJ Sun things? What, what do you want them to take away from, you know, coming to see yeah. you do your thing? I think that um, I'm, I get very heady about this stuff. Um, as a DJ, you know, as an open format DJ, um, you know, so first of all, I think it's definitely different whether I'm doing like a four-hour Black Swan gig, for example, or, or you know, where I'm hired just to be the, the music at the space, you know what I mean? Or even like a like a album release party where they just want vibes. They don't want too much attention, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's so, some gigs where, you know, they say that if, if, if uh, you notice the DJ, you're fucking up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I try not to do too many of those gigs. But. We, I've, I, I remember me and one of my boys, and this is gauche. I know it's terrible, but we did it. It was like this DJ just had some really bad transitions. Right. It was like, you don't switch to that. We were like, boo. We, <laughs> Let him know. We were audibly booing. Honestly, that's what I love about DJing because, like, you know, with rapping or other art forms, it's like you could have two people spit two verses and half the room legitimately likes one and half the room legitimately likes the other yeah. with a dj if you're fucking up people go no you know right. what i mean people will really know so i kind of like how um not subjective it is but uh <laughs> like yo you ruined my vibe yeah right like yeah but um but what i was gonna say is you know aside from all that um something when i when i first started you know party rocking and 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 that's a term that is different you know that's like you can DJ for years, you know, and I know people who battle, for instance, who have never party rocked, you know what I mean? These are people who have traveled to different countries to scratch against other DJs and, and battle, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean, for the title. And then if you ask them if they've ever played a party before, they'll look at you sideways, you know what I mean? Like Party fam. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, a, it's two different things. But when I first started, and that's what's really important to me, like, you know, being able to connect with people and, and rock a crowd, but... Something somebody said to me one time that I always think about is a memorable set is better than a good set. Yeah. So when I when I DJ, what I want people to take away, I want them to I want them to feel like the music not only like was the perfect soundtrack for their night, mm -hmm. but I want them to feel like it like broke their autopilot. You know what I mean? Like when you go out, sometimes you can be like, yeah, we had a great night. All the boxes were checked. Yeah, it yeah. was quote unquote lit. You know, that Migos song was playing and, and everybody got to swag <laughs> surf. Yeah, but yeah, it was lit. But I'll tell you what, when that DJ comes on at peak hours and drops James Brown, so you know what I mean? That's gonna turn your head and be so like, that's Damn. the thing. That's the thing that stuck out that night when you you saw me in the me in the girl face. She was like, "Hold up," because we were about to go in the elevator. She walked over. That's when she came to you. She was like, "Is that some New York shit right there?" She was like, "Hell yeah!" And that's my favorite. Like you know, when you can really like pull people out of of their their own stories and their own heads. You know what I mean? And, and really bring everybody in in the room to the yeah. same vibe and just everybody's just like, "Damn, we're really dancing to this." go in yeah. 2022 and it feels like 1979 right now you know yeah. what i mean like i don't know like, uh, where's the coke i mean uh yeah right. <laughs> the, the vibe <laughs> yeah, right. but you know like yeah i you know so part of that to me is like being risky you know playing songs that you know are fire but maybe aren't generally played in that space so th so that's you know. that's the terminology around open format well open format is just um Technically, at a, at the in its simplest form, it's just you know your genreless. You okay. know, you might hear this, you might hear that. Yeah. To me, it, it, I I take it a step farther, and I just think that it means um, 
able to meet the crowd wherever they're at, wherever you are at. Okay. You know what I mean? And I that means you. having a having a large enough understanding of different musical genres that when you need to switch from house to Afrobeat on a dime, you can do that and not in a corny way. You can really like dig deep in those different genres and those different spaces and, and um I don't know. I think that you know, like like food, like in different ingredients, you know what I mean? Every genre and every geographical or uh, era-based style of music or groove like brings something different to the table. So I feel like when you study hip-hop, you can bring some of those techniques to your house sets to give it more flair and more personality, and then you can take the house set techniques to the hip-hop to give it more long-form structure and have people get a little bit more lost in the music, you know what I mean? Um, so to me, open format just means like never box yourself in, never stop expanding, never stop learning techniques, transitions, musical genres, whatever, just so that in that moment when you're playing that one very niche night, very niche party and you need to play whatever it is, it's not some shit where you got to like, you know, make it work. Nah, you can shine. You can Look, still man. like style on people Look, wherever, man. you know. I'm going to end up hiring you for a freestyle party, man. Let's get it. And you know <laughs> what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's like there like there's that you could only have it either in Miami right. or like Philly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. It's just like, oh shit, is that Stevie B? <laughs> right. <laughs> TKA what have you? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 my joint. I remember going up there to Manhattan and that's what the DJ was like playing and I'm there with all the like the, the, the Latinx homies and they're like how you know about this and I was like man come on be real yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so when so when you go into like oh no this is this is a better one it's a better one tell me about a weird or funny experience you've had DJing because I feel like mm. you see things that you're like, I can't comment or laugh at that right now. I'm going to bank that away for later. Wow. <laughs> you're that's, like, that's some mid-dancing that you're doing, son. That's very insightful. <laughs> I feel like that's so funny. As a DJ, I feel like we, it's just that. Like, we see so many politics of who, who who's leaving the club with who, who's doing what with 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 that, who's, who's on this type of time. You know what I mean? And, and most of the time, we just got to, like, you know. Like uh, I don't I don't know nothing. <laughs> I mean I've been hanging out some speakeasies recently. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> yeah right. Um, but I don't know like, and you don't have to get into specifics. But I, I, I would imagine you you see things that you're like, yo, this is hilarious. Yeah, I feel like all the time. I'm I'm more so. I guess the funniest moments that stick out are like. For me personally, like, and I, you know, I don't want to point fingers at anybody, so I'll point it at myself. Sure. There's been some moments, you know, and this is kind of part of my game plan of, you know, I'm always trying to put myself in, in situations I'm not necessarily ready for yet, just to push myself and really, you know, I feel like that's the only way you can really learn what you're capable of sometimes. But when I first started out, oh boy, <laughs> there was this one night, right? So when I, when I, um, first started spinning I was living in Philly and I spent like the f three years leading up to turning 21 just like you know getting kicked out of clubs and just networking my ass off trying to make sure that when I turned 21 I was on the roster you yeah. know what I mean and could could get some hours in and really start to get my chops up and Philly has so many clubs so it was um, a good place to be for that basically one way or another you know I ended up getting these opening spots at this club called Noto, which is, you know, Philly's biggest club, Vegas style. You know, the chandelier is bigger than 
some of the venues in Baltimore. Wow. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, so I, I was on their roster as a hip hop DJ, and I was opening for their appearances. Um, so it definitely was a great time for my resume, you know, to get some big names on there and stuff. But there was one night in particular, right? And uh, it was a Travis Scott appearance. He was playing some big show earlier that day in Philly, and then that was the after-party location. And I was opening, and I was stoked because, you know, I was like barely 21, you yeah. know, opening for Travis Scott. I was I was so hyped. And, um, you know, the day of the show, th- my my guy hits me up, and he's like, yeah, so uh, the DJ after you really wants to use CDJs. So, you know, since you're the opener, you don't really have a, have a fucking choice. You're going to use CDJs. Yeah. All right, cool. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Cool. Meanwhile, I've never used CDJs before. At this point, you know, at this point, it's different. But at that point, I've never used CDJs. CDJs, for anybody listening who doesn't know. It's a great name, by the way. Yeah. They're, uh, and th- that's the club standard. So they're made by Pioneer. Any club in the world is going to have these. Anytime you see a festival DJ, you know, if it's not Technic 1200s, mm-hmm. which are the standard turntables, it's going to be these. And they're $2,000 each. And then the mixer that goes in between is $600. So they're dumb expensive. And for that reason, a lot of younger DJs, it's a real issue. They don't ever get experience or time on them. So when they get those first professional, high-level, high-standard gigs, they have no clue. You know what I mean? So it's um, that's another story. But it's been big. On, uh, big it's been important to me um, to kind of like give younger DJs the chance to mess around on more expensive, more professional equipment. Because I know in the past when I was younger, that was like a big thing keeping me back from feeling confident at these gigs. But anyway, so I'm like, you know, me being me, I'm like, oh, yeah, CDJs, I got it. No worries. Um, And at that time, I was using a program called Tractor. So there's two like big, uh, the two industry standards for uh, software are Tractor which is like more EDM, more European, definitely not your normal turntablist software. I don't know why I ended up on that, but that's what I was on at first. And then there's Serato, mm-hmm. which people know because in that Kanye song, he says, you ain't got no easy in your Serato. <laughs> yeah. um, he's talking about the DJ software. And that software works beautifully with CDJs. You know, yeah. you just plug in, you're good to go. Um, but I was using Tractor, so I had to go through like, I remember I showed up to the club. I had all these random cables trying to make it work. It was like five minutes to the doors, and I'm still. All the promoters are just looking at me like, "Who the fuck is this like child?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whose child is here? Yeah, seriously, seriously. And um, I made it work. Yeah. But oh my god, it was brutal. <laughs> you MacGyvered that thing. Now. I I really did, but it was it was really brutal. It was embarrassing, and and I'm glad I can laugh about it now because it was a it was a rough night. I had so many friends come out to see me, and I just was not doing my thing. You're you know what I mean? Sweating. Yeah, for real. And uh, but you know the lesson there was, and I was on a war path for the year after that. And this is again part of the open format um, philosophy to me. You know, I was like, okay. I know I'm a better DJ than my set that night. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. no excuse. You know, this is, it's athletic to me. DJing is is partially a sport to me. And I think that there's never an excuse to be confronted with hardware that limits you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So after that, I spent time learning how to use CDJs, every kind of turntable, every kind of mixer, every kind of software so that whether I'm at a homie's house, whether I pull up to the club and, you know, every good DJ is going to have a USB on them at the club no matter where they are, just in case, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You got to stay ready. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so what you, I, that's what I asked you. I was like, yo, uh, I'm MacGyver this joint because it was like <laughs> invalid card. I was like, oh, I got to reformat this joint. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's on it. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, but that's it. Just like, and that's why I also preach failing. Like, you'll never know how to do. Like, I've had so many. I always say this. Like, somebody asked me the other day. They were like, you know, and they were kind of fucking with me. But they were like, "Yo, how did you get so good?" And I was like, "Cause I've I've had more shitty gigs than anybody else." You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like, yo, those shitty gigs where everything goes wrong and you blow the speakers and got to call your homie to get some new ones in at twelve a.m. We're in the middle of the fucking party, and then the stuff stops working, then the power surges. Yeah. You got like that's what prepares you for anything. And now, like you know, when it comes to curating and throwing my own events and building shows, or even just being in between the artists I'm working with and the people at the venue, you know, it, it um, goes a long way to like know how to set up speakers yourself and like do all that other stuff, how to fix a, uh, 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 you know, it gives you, it gives you more bandwidth and you, you're a little bit less, you're, un, you're less flappable. You're more unflappable right. when it comes to something that inevitably is going to get in the right. way. And I, I think, familiarity and time like kind of this the thing that you were describing like look I spent time with this tool with with this software with these 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 turntables what have you I kind of did that with someone pulled out like yo do you know how to use like GarageBand I, I wasn't using like Apple at all I was only right. using Windows based and I was like alright let me get a MacBook and learn how to do this stuff so I know how to use like multiple applications to get sound right. I know how to use multiple devices to get sound and it's just like look I can do it this way my gear is probably about that size. I could put in a fanny pack, and I have I lavalier mics now. So it's a smooth setup because yeah. I was finding, like, as a person that's a tinkerer, as a person mm -hmm. that's a problem solver, I'm like, yo, I hate carrying around a backpack. I was like, I can put the fanny pack on. It looks wild, but also it's more convenient. It's more flexible, and it makes me more flexible and adept. Right. Um, so I got, I got two more questions for you before we get to the rapid fire ones. Yeah. So – um, so obviously you, you have this this in demand thing you touched on a little bit. It's like I've done a lot of like crap gigs or what have you. And <laughs> so in that is is what would you say the key attribute um, you have or the key attribute to your work that makes your brand successful makes that DJ Sun brand successful? Because at the end of the day, we're all brands, right? Yeah. Um... It's interesting. So, I don't know. I feel a lot of ways about it. Like, on one hand, I, I want to say, like, if you are passionate about something and you really believe in it, all you got to do is reinforce that and stay consistent, and the brand will build itself uh, if your values and, and, and intentions are clear to yourself, you yeah. know? And I believe that, but I also, you know... Um, from what I've learned and, and know about marketing, like, real branding and marketing, you know... It only helps, and I think that, you know, just putting thought into it, you know, I, I have sat there and written my business model and thought about my mission and my vision and all these things, and I think just being aware of yourself and how you come off goes a long way. Um, but consistency, you know, I've been... <clears throat> You know, I've been pushing a, a style and, and a sound f for a few years now that I think is pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. And being in Baltimore and Philly and New York, you know, I have certain things like club music mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, just that East, East Coast uh, on-the-go on mm -hmm. uh, uh, mentality that I think that I'm attached to regardless. 
You know what I mean? Just being from here and all that stuff. So I think that there's certain things in my brand that I can kind of lean on that, like, fill in the gaps of the story for people, you know? But um, that's a hard question. I don't know. I think consistency and really just, like, the, it all starts with just knowing really who you want to interact with, who you, where you want to end up, and what you really are passionate about, you know? Because I've seen people try to present themselves as something that they can't really like follow through on and it doesn't come off as genuine it's, you know? it's not it's not baked in it's a it's a version of when they say you're bringing a representative and right. you know as, as a person that used to do that all the time and i had a I had a conversation with someone yesterday of despite being from here a lot of people wrote think i'm from baltimore it's like you know I'm from east baltimore what are you talking about and uh and having this 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 notion of how do I uh, kind of asking that question, like, what is my brand and and, and, and and what are those things that makes me me? And then I kind of reframed the question after, like, reading one of these books. And it was like, how do you embrace your weirdness? How do you embrace those mm, things that yeah. separate you from you can have this you can have a podcast an interview format with some other podcaster in and around Baltimore? And it's going to be different from this one. Right. They can ask you the same questions, but it's going to be different from this one. Right. And it's like, what makes what I'm doing unique? And it's just like, it's authenticity. And, it's, yeah. it's, you know, consistency is a thing because last month was, was, was a crazy month for old Rob Lee. And <laughs> when you're putting out the stuff and it just rings through that, when someone thinks of a DJ, when someone thinks of a podcast or someone thinks of, yo, this person talks to everybody. Right. This person works with everybody, and or he works with good people, or she works with good people, whatever. That's what part of that brand is. Mm-hmm. It's like, who are you accessible or And it, it just has to show. Right. People can sit up there and say it. That should reinforce it, right? right. But if right. you're showing it, yeah. that's the thing I, that really matters. I feel like a good brand is like being a good person. Like You just got to keep pushing. Oh, my brand's failing. T- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. The idea of like just doing what's right when no one's looking. You know what I mean? It applies. Like You got to keep pushing your narrative when nobody when when you don't think anybody's looking because you know but i i really agree like you know a lot of people are like okay i'm gonna do what they're doing better mm-hmm. and they might but it's not going to be genuine where you know so like so what's so what's driving it it's, it's right. that it's that j cole interview the i motive. saw right. from, yeah. from years ago and he's just like man he's like i'm here for love i'm not here for money facts and, it, it, and that's the thing like you <laughs> know when when you fall into those spots where and i'm, I'm sure you've fallen into it because i have where you're like man, i'm not really feeling the love right now i'm not feeling feeling that community yeah. thing right and it, it when you're in the community you feel it right when you're around it you feel it but if you're not really part of the community while seeing you were in it and you don't have any takes or any opinions on what happens in the community, then really, are you part of it, or are you just kind of vulturing a little bit? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's my two cent right there. Yeah, no, I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting conversations about, you know, the the confines and the limits of, of, of... of a scene or of a of a you know gatekeeping and and what there is to gatekeep in the first what, place what and all gates? these things. What gates, Jason? What do and you I mean? Just, I just you know I think people should come at it in a you know what what can I contribute for the community rather than what can the community do for us? You know, and I, I think mm-hmm. that like in my own sense, when I started to change the way I thought about it, things started to change for me. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I also got me thinking like. um you know, like when I look at my brand, I'm like, I know that I'm not um, 
Like, I don't try to be the, the most lit DJ, the most yeah. like, oh, we're going to, you know, rent a table and go crazy DJ. Just, just turns to a Buffalo Bills tailgate. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the sports DJ. I'm not the, you know, all black, we're going to rave until 5 a.m. Oh, DJ. Like, I really try to be, um, like, I want to be the DJ that when you go to see them, you're going to see me play some shit that you're going to want to ask me, what the fuck is that? Like, I need that. Uh, where, where'd you find that? You know what I mean? Oh, I want to play some I'm, other stuff. You the know dude will pull a Shazam out for every time. Yeah, like, right, right. I was like, hold on, what's that? Like, yeah. I just want to keep things fresh and, and let people, uh, you know, take people on a ride and, and make sure people never, like... You know, there's some DJs who, like, you know that when you go to see them, it's gonna, you're gonna, it, you're gonna sweat, but you're also gonna hear a lot of the same stuff you heard them play last time at the same spot. You know, so it's important to me to try and keep things fresh, whether that means like playing in different spaces and all that. But yeah, um, that's that's the, you know, I just cause, cause I listen to like, I really do like, I still listen to classical music. Like, there's there's not a genre that I don't. Uh, have some favorites in, you know what simpatico, I mean? Like I, my man, simpatico there. Yeah, like I, I just really love it. So getting to share the different stuff with me, like uh, that's the fun of it to me. Is like you know, yeah, I could play it safe and and play Cardi all night, but yeah. let's see what happens if I throw some. I got I got a hot take for you. I'll tell you after after this because you, you you triggered me right there a moment ago. Um, so actually, you answered that last question. So I think we can hit the rapid fire then. Let's get it. Um. So you know you want to answer these as quickly as possible. Okay. Let me drink some water. Let me get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself get yourself properly, uh, you know, satisfied there. All right. So I got five of them for you. Okay. Now, I, I, I know you just said that you like to switch it up and you like to have something flexible. Um, what is a song that commonly makes it into your playlist, into your what you're playing? Because mm. I know I know people have a signature. It's like yeah, all right. One of my favorite songs of all time, and to me, um, if a song, you know, there's there's classics, there's hits, there's bangers, and then there's one more title that I reserve for the best songs ever. I'm listening. And these are the cheat code songs, and what that means to <laughs> a DJ is that I could play this song. Anywhere, and I yeah. mean anywhere. I could play it at a wedding. I could play it at peak hours at the club. I could play it opening for your favorite rapper at the at the stadium. I could play it anywhere, and people are gonna lose their fucking minds. The Macarena, no. <laughs> <laughs> like um, <sighs> like uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. That's a good one. You know what I mean? Like that's my go-to. Like if I fuck up or something happens yeah. or the speakers cut out or something, you know. A good move tip for any newer DJs don't play the song you were playing when the music cuts off no. don't start that shit over find a new song and start it to get the energy back up and hey y'all's my go to you know everything's wrong everybody's looking up there's that moment where everybody's like should we leave and then they just hear one two three <laughs> you know what I mean and it, you know people are in it and it's like oh yeah let's get it but um that's good. <laughs> Another one, the one I want to say that I I love and I feel like it's a little bit more of a deep cut, especially for someone of my age. It's "Love Comes Down." Wow, okay. love comes down. That song goes so crazy, and uh -huh. like the the drums are super like '80s, super funky, and the vocal mix just floats in a room. And I've I've seriously played that in a room full of like sixteen, seventeen year olds at like you know 1 a.m yeah. and had everybody like it was studio 54 in that bitch you know what i mean like we're gonna have a music conversation after that's how i feel because i i got some i got some cuts i want to talk to you about hell yeah but um, that's that's a that's a favorite so cheat codes okay all right the hashtag that best describes you 
This might sound head ass, but just hashtag moves. Fair. <laughs> um, this is great. This is a great. This is my favorite new question. Describe what you do poorly. <laughs> oh man, podcasts. <laughs> no. Uh, no, oh, that's a hard one to do. To know, do the right? rapid fire. Wow. <laughs> Slow down. Pause. Take time out. You know, just to be. You just go hard. <laughs> yeah. Working on it. How long does it take to you for you to respond to texts on average? Are you a quick reply or it take you like forever? 0.4 seconds. Really? Yeah. Generally, like on, on Instagram, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally texting wise, I just have anxiety. So I'm just like, let me figure out what this is and, and, and get to the part of the day where I have nothing on my mind. Because otherwise, like whether it's business, personal, whatever it is, like I just, I don't know. Um, I like to problem solve you know what i mean and even if it's just like an interaction i'm just like okay let me like make these plans lock that in answer this question you know so this is the last one because i you know i I, I like to ask people about their food things but you know i I had this that that same weekend that you know i met you in the flesh for the first time i had a debate upstairs so i need to uh ask you in this debate french fries or tater tots damn it's political right damn Okay, I feel like, and don't do well. Technically, yeah, yeah no, 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 none of that, no, none of that. I learned that I there are nine like different cuts of fries. By the way, they're not. They're nine different cuts oh, wow. of fries. Yeah, it makes sense. Western fries, curly fries, waffle fries, waffle fries. <laughs> wow, damn, yeah. you got me thinking. It's a very wow. fat question, by the way. Yeah. No, I'm here for it. Love, love, love. I th- okay, so here's my thing. I think French fries you can have like, like. There's no time of day where, yeah, you want some french fries? Of course I want some french fries. You know what I mean? Like, you're always going to want some french fries. Yeah. But when tater tots hit, when it's time for tater tots, oh, they, they go crazy, like crazy, crazy, because they're like, I don't know, you can't you can't have tater tots with a burger. You know what I mean, you could, but you know what I'm saying? So I feel like when it's time for tater tots, even at, like, breakfast, you yeah. mash them up, turn them into some hash browns right quick. Ooh. Like You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when it's time for, ha- for tater tots, it's fucking time for tater tots. But... Fries will always cut it. You know what I mean? So Tater tot time. Tater tot time. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I want to thank, thank you for being on this podcast. And I want you to uh, want to invite you to uh, tell the fine folks where to check your workout and um, to drop you a line on the socials. Great. Yeah, no. And thank you. Thank you again for having me. Been looking forward to this. And I'm, I'm a listener. I love the show. So thank you. Keep, keep it running. Uh, but you can find me at Spun by Sun. Sun like the sky. So that's just S-P-U-N. B-Y-S-U-N on uh, Mixcloud is where I post all of my mixes. So if you want to listen to some, I got some hour long, just like radio sets that I've done in the past or live mixes and stuff like that on Mixcloud, uh, Bandcamp and SoundCloud for my production and for my uh, original music, um, Instagram, Twitter, it's all spun by sun. So uh, definitely, definitely tap in, reach out if you live in Baltimore or uh, Philly or, or wherever, really just uh, let me know if you want to come to some events. I'll send you some flyers, whatever. So there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank uh, DJ Sun for coming on to the podcast, stopping through. And uh, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is music, art, and community in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>